This is Clearly Unclear with your host, Matt Zabrowski. Welcome to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T, underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Welcome to the show. Um, did a quick show last week. I don't even know if I did a show the week before. Um, just been a fucking busy couple weeks, you know, so it's nice to be back. Um, baseball's in full swing. NBA's in full swing. Um, it's got a lot of storylines going on uh, both in both sports. Uh, Fernando Tostis goes down. Looks like he really screwed his shoulder up. Lucky for him, it was just, it wasn't anything serious. Um, and he'll be back. But he, he swung hard. I don't know if you saw that, but the way he swung, I mean, he swung like out of his out of his cleats. Uh, and he can't do that. That's my biggest thing with him is the way he plays. He plays hard and I love it. But sometimes you got to know just like, and he's young and he's going to learn. Um, if you look like at a Manny Machado, that guy gets a lot of shit for kind of being lazy on the base path and making things look a little easier than they probably do. But you notice that dude's like, he's never really hurt all the time. And he, he might dog it going to first, but he ain't going to pull a hamstring either. And I think there's there's a there's a nice middle ground to that where I don't want you to dog it every time you're racing out of the box. But if you know you're going to get out, and I know you don't know if you're going to get out, but you have to think... You're playing against pros, um, and Fernando Tatis is one of the hardest. He's one of the he's one of the more aggressive physical players I've seen in baseball in in quite some time. And I know he doesn't look look like that, you know, all the time. But the dude is. I mean, the guy can hit. He can hit the base path. Um, he's an excellent defender, and again, he's only he's he's young, and so they got him for fourteen years. So. Baseball's in full swing. NBA is coming down to, you know, the last couple of weeks here, the last month, I think. Um, a little about the baseball season. Red Sox started off slow. They're 6-3. and three. Orioles, 4-5. and five. This, is, it's, this AL East is going to be a dogfight. I believe I picked the Rays, who are now in last place at 4-5, and five, but they're so long to go. Um, most teams only played nine games. You know, so there's there, there's plenty of time to go. Believe me, it's not even fucking May yet. So um, Indians struggle early, turn it around five and three, um, five and three in their last ten. They again four and one at home, one and two away. I don't know if that matters, but um, they had a tough go of against Detroit, and so nice to see them bounce back. Tigers are at the bottom of the division where they fucking belong because they're absolute garbage. Uh, and you don't win more than 40% of your games four years in a row. Something needs to be done about that organization. I know they are just coming off a really good run, but um, there's a reason why you don't sign aging superstars to... Miguel Cabrera is going to be in Detroit for another three or four years. And if you go look at his contract numbers, they're fucking wild. So Royals, four and three, love them as a surprise. I do like the Twins. I think this division is going to be tough as well. Uh, But for me, it really comes down to what the Indians do pitching-wise can the Twins have pitching, and can the White Sox put it all together? They're they're four and five. Tim Anderson's hurt, and so he'll be back. They don't. They shouldn't rush him. I think he comes back this this Thursday. He's on the ten day um, injured reserve, so he'll be back. They'll be fine. I just don't see how anyone but the White Sox win this division. Outside of a surprising Indians team that can get some bats, Framil Reyes has been stroking it. Um, their problem is inconsistency, but if they can get 
just some timely hitting with the pitching they have, man. I'm telling you, I know Whitgren had a rough, uh, you know, first 10 days of the season, really a first day. And then he kind of killed it in a second bullpen session, um, you know, helping the Indians secure a win against Detroit last week. So um, their bread and butter is pitching. I, t- I touched on it last week. That's the Indians way in into the playoffs. We don't have 16 teams making it. The White Sox have both the pitching and the hitting. Can they stay healthy for the long run? You don't want to fall too far behind now, uh, but you do want to be playing your best baseball as we're getting into the, to the to the summer months after the All Star break. That's when you really want to be playing well. Now it's it's building those good habits, um, those those good daily habits that you have um, in baseball that you need. So in baseball to be successful, it is. You got to go about doing things almost the same way all the time, unless it ain't working for you. So, for the most part, and I haven't played adult baseball in about over a year now, but repetition—you know, doing repetition and doing things kind of the same way each time out—if you were successful, uh, was the best way to go about your business, especially in a long season. So it will be a long season. Um, I. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on the White Sox. I'm like I said, even as an Indians fan, I just don't see how the White Sox lose that division. Angels bust out six and three, picked them to win that division right behind the Astros, right in front of the Astros. Excuse me, Athletics three and seven. They'll go. They'll get hot. So so will they'll, they'll get hot at some point. They're they're too talented. I mean, they really are. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but um, you know that's the Angels just put their best team around. Mike Trout finally, and it's not even that good of a team. They got average pitching, but their hit, their offense is going to be spectacular. So, again, if you got average pitching and you got an above average offense, and you got a really good offense, you can do some stuff. But if your pitching's dog shit, you ain't going to do anything. You, you can hit it, it, it if you don't have some semblance of pitching. I think the Twins a couple years ago uh, was it last year, no, two years ago, and they just I mean they hit bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. The pitching was okay, and they got about as far as they could. Um, but, again, AL, we're early. Let's move over to the NL real quick, kind of just run down that. Phillies, 6-3. and three. A crazy finish to the game last night. If you were watching, I caught the replay. Uh, Bomb comes um, trekking down third. The um, calls him safe. They win the game. You look at the replay. They spend five minutes looking at the replay, and they don't get it fucking right when the rest of the world can see clearly that – he he was not safe. So, um, you know, it's why have replay if it's not going to work? And you see this a lot more in baseball where they're just, they don't, like you have all these angles. How are you not getting it? I know it happens in every sort, but it seems like it's more glaring in baseball and the umps don't want to overturn calls when they should be able to overturn calls or at least baseball should be able to step in and do it. It's kind of an embarrassment for baseball and that's kind of their thing. Is they like to do shit that embarrasses themselves. Okay, like they don't, they don't. It some of the things that baseball has done over the last twenty years, like they don't market their stars very well. They they come up with these goofy rules, and I get why you're gonna try to come up with some of these. Like I like some of them, and I get why you have to do it. Um, I, I I like the DH in both leagues. I think you should get rid of. Interleague almost all together, maybe outside of one home and home series, with maybe a natural, um, with like a natural geographic quote unquote um, rival. 
because I just I don't know. I don't. I've never liked interleague play. I, maybe I thought it was cool for the first season when I was younger, but uh, and and they they have been veering away away from it. Um, but they're just these little things that baseball does where it's just like it doesn't make any sense. Now putting the home derby in Colorado, fucking genius. That's going to be dynamite. You're gonna and people are going to be hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. Um, I just I just want to see baseball make some good decisions and gain an audience back that they've lost pretty much, you know, my generation, I'm 35. So like, there's a lot of us who used to love baseball. who just don't watch it as much anymore, but we love it. I'll, I'll have it on tonight. I don't, I don't get to watch every night. I'm not going to watch 162 games, but, um, but after that, you don't have, there's, it's, Baseball better get their shit together because of their <laughs> their big demo is like dudes, white dudes that are forty two to sixty. Ain't gonna be around much longer, um, and so you better start doing a little better job marketing your players. Um, I don't know about speeding up the game. Baseball has no time clock. There are only certain things you can do to it. So coming up with goofy rules doesn't make any sense if it's not gonna push the game to go adequately faster to where it makes sense. Now, do I like having the previous batter that was up going into extra innings stand on second? Yeah, I like that. I think it'll, it only during the regular season, though, not, not during the playoffs. It's kind of like with the NHL shootout. They realize, man, some of these games are going four or five periods, and, and we just can't have that. So um, and you're not going to keep fans in the stands till three in the morning anymore. It's just not going to happen. So... I like that rule. I hate the shift. I know they're trying to do something about it, but I'm I'm trying to trying to be real interested in in, in baseball this whole season, um, and not lose, you know, my steam that I always get the first couple weeks to the first couple months. Um, helps being in a fantasy league with uh, fr- friends and family. Finally got a 14 team league together. Uh, Two hour draft, which is actually pretty quick considering how many picks you make. So that's gonna keep me. That's gonna keep me interested more than it, more than it normally does. <coughs> um, but long season. That's baseball for you. Phillies in first place. Braves, four and five. Mets disappointing. Two and three. Two and six for the Marlins. They got robbed. I think uh, on Friday of a call against the Mets. Nationals one and five. Reds six and three. Cardinals are uh, my pick to win that division. You know, and just looking at Pirates are going to suck. I've, I've gone on record as saying that. And then Dodgers, 8-2. and two, Padres, 7-3. and three. Giants, surprising, 6-3. and three. Haven't watched them much, but um, looks like some of those kids are coming around with their bats. Um, the pitching's been pretty good. So let's, uh, let's move on to something a little different than baseball. Let's talk um, – well, there's two games canceled today, and today is 4-12. 2021, and um, I don't want to get into the political side of it or the gun right side of it. There was a black man who was shot by a cop. If you've seen the video, you've seen the video. The riots are happening. Games are being postponed because of it, specifically in the Minnesota, state of Minnesota and that area because that's the community in which it happened. I'm going to just say something real quick. I am all for that. Um, I, I just think it's the right thing. Just Just cancel the game. Move it to a different night. Um, you might have different views than I do. 
I just, I just think it's not the time and place right now in that city to be playing some sports games. Um, you know, even if it's just one night, it sends it just a positive message in my opinion that, Hey, look, we're, we're sports aren't, aren't bigger than this still. And we don't want to waste what was done over the course of the last year. And maybe we're going to find out what was or wasn't done over the course of the last year. Maybe we've all been sitting in our house and just waiting for COVID to be over thinking like, Hey man, we're making some changes. And I know there's been strides. I know I've seen the protests and I, and I, and, I, and I've seen the good things that have, have been done. Um, but we're still reeling, unfortunately, from a divided last four years. Maybe a divided last, I don't know, 12 years, depending on how you look at it. So we still have a lot of work to do. Um, I support the organizations for what they did. I'm not going to speak on it anymore. Um, but both Minnesota, uh, the Timberwolves, uh, their game tonight, and then, uh, like I was at, Boston uh, Red Sox were in Minnesota playing the Twins which was the start of a new set tonight, which is going to be a pretty good set. But there's things that are more important in life. Uh, let those dudes – it's not even about the players, really. Um, just about letting that community kind of just breathe um, and just trying to figure out how we're going <laughs> to – how, again, we're going to deal with this whole with, – with, with, with everything and the division that's probably going to unfortunately come from what we saw over the weekend. Um, and people are going to have their opinions – um, about the sports side, and that's what I'm here to do. Like I said, I'm not going to talk anymore about what happened or get into the specifics of what happened. You can go watch the video. You can go do the research. Uh, that's what I suggest that you do. You should go formulate an opinion. Do not let anyone tell you what your opinion should be on these things. Um, go trace the real facts and come up with with your your own opinion. That's that's the that's that's my suggestion. That's the that's the way I live my life. Um, I don't really allow anyone to formulate my opinions. I will form them for myself based on the things that I go research um, and, and, and pull facts from. So that being said, let's move on to something a little bit less heavy than that. Move on over to the NBA. Eastern Conference, Sixers still holding strong. Nets, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, buddy. You know what? Let me take a quick break. I get back to Kyrie Irving and we'll get back to the NBA. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, this is Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T, underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K. That's on Twitter. Talk, touched a little bit on the NBA, slightly touched on what happened yesterday um, and the riots that are starting to formulate in Minnesota, the teams that are canceling. I want to get back to the NBA, and I want to talk more about Kyrie because um, more days off. And at some point, it's like, okay, guy, okay. So we'll be right back. Clearly unclear. Hey, welcome back to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, we just briefly went over the first about 10 days of the MLB season. Each team's about nine games in. Uh, biggest storylines right now is Tatis gets hurt. Tim Anderson's hurt. Both guys will be back. Luckily for Tatis, it wasn't worse. Um... Bieber has been fantastic on the mound, as has Cleveland's whole rotation for the most part. Um, it looks like you know Astros are going to be pretty good this year. The Angels off to a hot start. Phillies off to a hot start. Get a nice win, controversial win. Didn't deserve the win, but yet you know they still got the win. Um, but we're we're just about 
we're just about 10 days into the season. It's been a good one so far. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. But before the end of last segment, I was about to get into the NBA. And we were talking the Sixers, 36-17, and 17, tied with the Nets. And that got me thinking of some shit that I heard this morning on the, uh, the old TV. Um, one of those hot take shows, but it really wasn't a hot take. But mostly Stephen A. Smith and... I trust his knowledge of basketball. That's his bread and butter. He played it. Um, he doesn't usually, in his words, bloviate things. Um, he usually always picks the loser in the finals anyways. So, But he just, he just said, like, how many... It's not any of our business, really, if, you know, what's going on in Kyrie Irving's personal life. But, like... At some point, like you're just gonna take, you're just taking days off of work because you feel like you deserve them. You ain't giving no money back. You, you, you look at the Clippers last year and how that worked out for him with a bunch of dudes taking time off. Kawhi resting his so-called hurt knees. You know, um, there's a reason Montreal. There's a reason a lot of guys aren't. There's a reason why. Harold didn't re-sign as a Clipper. And Lou Williams ain't there no more. Pat Bev probably won't be there no more. It was a culture change. They went away from what made the Clippers gritty to get Kawhi Leonard in PG-13. You know? So, having all your players together helps. And it's going to help. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how talented these guys are. You need all three of them to win a chip. Because the Lakers, guess what, y'all? As much as I don't like the Lakers, they're still the best defensive team in basketball. And that's a reflection on what kind of coach Frank Vogel is because he was a hell of a coach on the defensive side when he was in Indiana. Not so much Orlando. or Orlando, man, I feel sorry for those fans. but Because um, they got rid of my one of my favorite players, Bushy Maine in Chicago. Aaron Gordon's out and balling in uh, Denver looking like he wants to get a chip. But you just have to have a culture of guys who want to play. I'm not saying James Harden doesn't want to play. I know KD wants to play. Never question that dude and him wanting to play basketball. I do question Kyrie's. Kyrie wants things, it seems, to be as easy as possible where he doesn't have to do nearly as much. Things have been pretty tough since he left Cleveland. And I say that kind of laughingly because he wanted to leave Cleveland. He wanted to be the man. Didn't work. The, 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 the Celtics were clearly better without him. Although, you know, they're struggling this year and I don't know if that's a coaching thing or just, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where your, your, your team just doesn't sync up. And both teams who made the, Eastern Conference Finals last year haven't been great this year, whether they be struggling from injuries or just not playing, right? That's in the Heat and the Celtics. So, and then you have, you know, Denver struggled this year a little bit, you know, out the gates, and they're getting their shit together. But like I was saying with the Lakers, like their defense hasn't waned. And everyone who called Andre Drummond a scrub or a shitty ball player doesn't know what ball is, especially if you're getting them for pennies on the dollar since he was paid out by Cleveland to leave. That's the new market for teams who can't afford to bring in free agents, not free agents, but trade assets because they don't have any assets of themselves. 
You know, no one values the, the things that they have. And good for the Lakers for not budging on Thornton, Tucker. I would have traded him if it meant to make my team better this year, but they see something in him and, you know, something that they want in the future. Not that the Lakers are ever great at building for the future. You can look around the NBA pretty good, and you can see a lot of players they drafted that have turned out to be really good. Um, but that's not what the Lakers do. The Lakers, they're, they're a free, they've always been a free agent destination. They don't build within the draft. They traded for Kobe Bryant. They didn't even draft him. Um, they picked up Shaquille O'Neal. They didn't draft a lot of the guys that you love as a Lakers fan. A lot of those guys weren't drafted. Kobe, not drafted for the Lakers. Like I just said, Magic was. Kareem wasn't. I think Worthy was. Um, Gasol wasn't. Lamar Odom wasn't. Andrew Bynum wasn't. Pau Gasol. Marcus Gasol. None of these guys were drafted as Lakers. Kyle Kuzma. Caruso. Nice pieces. Maybe something to have that you hope develops it over the next couple years as LeBron fades and then it becomes AD's team. But what I'm really getting at here, at the core of all this, is the idea that you're Kyrie Irving. And again, I alluded to this months ago. I know why he's taking time off. It's, it's in recent light of what just happened yesterday. And I'm all for that. But why do you get to do that and nobody else gets to? Like, what makes you so special that you're not injured? You haven't even played. This is a 72-game season, bro. Like, if you didn't want to play, why'd you sign the contract? And then last year, you didn't want to play. I mean, your team wasn't good enough. Anyways, I mean, you were hurt. They made they made it there. You know, they, got, they, they put on a good showing. Now all those guys are gone. So... I'm just saying, man, like you want, if I, I believe the the best duo of the three, if you put them all together, it's, it definitely is James Harden and KD. I think they can win a chip without Kyrie Irving because they got LaMarcus Aldridge and they, they've gone out and got Blake Griffin and they got depth. Those are just things that are the truth. And yeah, every once in a while they're going to want his scoring, but if he hasn't been there most of the season, then who? Then you know what? Like, it's I would be irritated, even if I was fat suit James Harden who wore a fat suit to get out of Houston, and for all the shit that uh, KD gets, he's lived up to each and every one of his contracts. Okay, as much as I didn't like the move to Golden State, much like LeBron James. Both those dudes don't speak on their contracts, and both those dudes live up to their contracts and leave when they are free agents. Again, not that I like his move to Golden State, but he's never bitched his way out of an environment. He left. He wanted to go win chips. KD comes out, and he's, to be honest, he's stayed. He's been staying this way. He he says it's not all about chips, and I think he learned that, knowing he went and did it in Golden State. No one gave a fuck. Actually, everyone said it was a fraud. Unless you're a Golden State fan, or like me, like it's hard to win a chip. Because if KD wasn't on that team, Cleveland beats the the, the Warriors team again. Or did the Warriors does the Warriors team even make it there? Because if KD stays in Oklahoma City, that team was they were they. I believe if KD had stayed one more year, they would have broke through. I don't know if they would have beat LeBron and the boys, but they probably. They might have. 
That's that's all I'm saying. And I think KD jumped the gun. He did. He got he got his rings in. Um, but again, if you just listen to him, he doesn't think that's the most important thing. And I don't think that's the most important thing for Kyrie. Whereas James Harden's over here is like, bro, like I still need one of these. And then maybe I can stop caring. Rings are different now. A guy, you need it now because of the way social media is, because of the way people are fanatics, fans, you know, fanatics, fans is short for fanatics, people who are homers for their teams. Um, the people who aren't homers for your teams. You, guys are bums now. Russell Westbrook to some people is considered a bum. A bum. Because he doesn't have a title. Or because he's not the greatest of shooters. But do that. Like, I want that guy on my squad. Like, that's where we're at now with sports and fans. And it's like a dude's a bum if he doesn't have six chips, four MVPs, and, and drop 37 a night. Russell Wilson's far from a bum. And it's, it's guys like that we're going to miss because we ain't got guys like that in the NBA no more. Simple as that. He Russell Wilson's special. Not Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook, excuse me. Both are special. Russell Wilson has a title. Russell Westbrook does not. <coughs> um, but I just – it's not – you want to win chips. That's the ultimate – that's the ultimate prize. And I think – 20 years ago, it was 20, 25 years ago, it was different because not not everyone was going to win a chip. Now everyone, if you're a quote-unquote superstar in every sport probably but baseball, I think even hockey, you get a little bit of a pass. But like if you're a quarterback in the NFL, say you're Phillip Rivers, basically you're Dan Fouts 2.0 for the Chargers, Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's apparently, according to a lot of people, he's a bum. But he also played in the same era as Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers, like maybe the, the most gifted quarterback era of all time. He ain't a bum. He was just never able to win a Super Bowl, and there was always teams better than him, whether you know whether he played bad or not. Their talent was there, but you can't win every year. And it's just it's tough. And I just hate I hate that that is the mentality now in sports, and that's why we have super teams. Super teams, I liked last year's NBA when there was, it was back to like a two-man game where a bunch of teams were had two studs, and then it was how you built your team from there. Then the Lakers happened, and the Lakers, y'all, the Lakers weren't a great three-point shooting team. They won on defense, playing um, half-court sets in the playoffs, so old-school basketball. Yes, the three helped. But it wasn't the end-all, be-all. That's not why they won the chip. And Miami certainly, yes, they had great three-point shooting, but they did a lot of their work inside the paint as well. Team ball, defense. Um, the three ball is great if you're Steph Curry and you're the Warriors in that five-year run, but the three-point ball is not the end-all, be-all anymore. And it's something that can kill you if you're not doing everything else correct. So Lakers win. Nets know that, okay, now we got KD. We got we – got, Kyrie Irving, and I knew this was going to be like this. I knew I knew KD probably wouldn't be 100% healthy all year. But I also knew Kyrie would pull shit like this. And again, if he's got personal issues, fine. We all have personal issues. And um, it just seems like he took a couple weeks off at the beginning of the year. Taking a, you're going to probably take a week off today. And then you're putting your coach in a really fucked up situation. And it almost looks like you're you're – even though I know he has no control over that situation, not not poor Steve Nash, but like there's no one over there 
being like, hey, dude, be accountable. We're paying you. You're 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 part of this team. We're trying to win a championship because they could have just saved their fucking money, signed KD, traded for James Harden, and used that other money for other pieces. I want a guy who's playing. If Kyrie's not hurt, why is he not playing? And if it's personal reasons, fine. Take the rest of the season off. Don't cherry pick when when you when it's convenient for you to play. This comes mostly just down to having a team and a cohesive unit going into the playoffs. They're as talented as I've ever seen offensively from an NBA team. But just because you have talent doesn't mean you win. Just because you have some of the best players on the court, maybe the best trio we've ever seen offensively, doesn't mean you're going to win. Teams win because they're teams and they play like a team. Not every night you guys are going to all shoot well. Not every night you're going to play defense. But if you have all three of your guys on the court and you guys are just trucking up and down that floor, it's going to be tough for you guys to be stopped. Take one of you guys out. You guys don't really know how to play with each other. I know KD and uh, James, you know, I know they know how to play with each other, but they're still trying to learn how to play with you, bro. And, like, you're not there. And, again, there's a lot of parallels to this Clippers team last year. I know know the Clippers didn't have – didn't trade for that third superstar, but they were stacked from an aspect where the depth was insane. But they just – they would give Paul George some time off, and they would give Kawhi time off. And then you can see, like, they just weren't there when it – when everything broke back and everything was in the bubble, they weren't – they weren't – they weren't there. And that's and – and I kind of feel like I don't know if the East is as deep enough as the West is to where that's going to happen to the Nets where we can get surprise bounced by a really uh, – by a team in, in, the, in, the, in, in the East because I don't think there's any seven seed in the East that's ever going to have a chance to beat the Nets. They're just going to walk through that series. But when you get to the conference finals and you're facing a Bucks team, could be, right, that actually has experience – that plays a little defense. That has some cohesiveness. Um, I know they're they put some new pieces together, but the core of that team, for the most part, you know, stayed together with some new additions. That happens in the NBA every year. But are you going to be able to beat the Sixers now? If the Sixers can't stay healthy, that's one thing. The Sixers are big, strong, and they are playing really good basketball. Um, Doc Rivers is doing this year with this team what he should have done last year with the Clippers, um, holding dudes accountable, and it's working out for Philly. I had the Philly. I had the I had uh I had the um, drawing a blank I <laughs> I had the Clippers and I also had Philadelphia in the finals last year both fell short to the two teams that I thought they'd play um, you know I thought the Lakers I believe I had the Lakers Celtics maybe Lakers Heat I don't think I had Lakers Heat but I had I, it was Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals I ended up being Denver. And then in the East, I had Philly. I had to have had Philly, Boston, something like that. Philly, Philly, Milwaukee. But can if they're not if they don't have that cohesiveness, they're and, and they're going up against a, a team like Philly or a team like um, you know Giannis led Milwaukee Bucks team. They can be beat. And they definitely could be beat in the NBA Finals by. A, there's five, four or five teams in the West. You know, I think that have a legit shot that can't get to the finals. Will they? No. Um, again, Lakers are slipping, but they're 12 and 13 since they lost LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's, a, that's combined, which is actually pretty good because I say defensively, 
they're still doing their thing. These guys are going to get these guys are going to get motivation. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna have confidence and they're gonna be able to ease back in LBJ and Anthony Davis, especially Anthony Davis, um, into the lineup the last couple weeks of the season and then the playoffs kind of work your way in depending on where they at because they could drop to tenth. They could have to play in the play-in. Uh, they could they could end up being a six seed playing a three seed. They could end up playing Denver in the first round of the Suns. Um, they can be beat. I just until it happens until LeBron James gets beat. I just I had to I, I couldn't go away from them this year, and I'm still not going to go away from them. I believe at the beginning of the season I had Lakers Celtics because I I didn't anticipate the Celtics dropping back this much. I thought they'd finally break that barrier and get in and. You know, nice six, seven game series, maybe six game series the Lakers take, and then the whole Philly thing happened, and then Philly got James Harden. Okay, so that's a game changer right there. And so it's just the the East has been fun. It's been really top heavy, um, but the bottom has been trash. But at least there's a nice little race there going on in, in the East as far as like teams trying to make the playoffs. And I think that's what's going to be fun about the end of the season. Is even if and it reminds me a lot of what happens in like European soccer, and I bring this up a lot because there's a lot of parallels to both of these sports, in my opinion, and in the way that I could see the NBA moving, as far as adding like cups, in season cups, things of that nature, um, in, into their season. But I just think that when when you're talking about the NBA and the end of the season, you know a lot of teams can clinch early. Those teams clinch, okay. But what about those bottom teams? Now, now it's a dogfight, especially in the West. You got New Orleans, and you're looking at what Zion's doing. Zion is fucking balling out. I think he's uh, averaging 35 on 60% shooting over the last like month of the season, which is absolutely bonkers. And 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 they've been playing better ball. You know, you see Wiseman he gets hurt last night. That's going to be a detriment to to. I don't even think I don't even think the Warriors want to make the playoffs, but. Um, you know, Weissman's out, Clay's out, Steph's been trying. Um, I, 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 I do see that that might be the team that falls out because Memphis has been playing fantastic. Memphis is surprising. If you listen to the to my uh, NBA preview of the Eastern Conference way back in October. Um, was it October? Shit, did they start on Christmas this year? Yeah, way back in December. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting my dates mixed up. Um, but way back in December, before the season started, I um, I had basically said that, you know, it, we're going to have, it's going to be an odd season. And when Ja went out, I didn't think, I'm like, these dudes are fucked. And they actually held on. And that means those young kids are developing and they've got uh, veterans like Valanchunas who's just balls out. Like he, almost every night I see he has a great game. Um, but the East in general is just going to be fun because I think the Knicks are going to be back in the playoffs. I think you're going to have the heat in the playoffs. Pacers wildly disappointing this year. Levert, that'll work out for them in the long run. Um, but just, it, we're coming down to the wire. I, I just, the Cavs are shitty. I just think right now you can't count out the Lakers can't really count out the Nets, but we've seen wilder stuff. And like I said, if the Nets aren't the Nets aren't the aren't as good as a team 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 as the Lakers, whereas the Nets collectively just have better individual pieces, you know, 
after the, I mean, they got three of the top five players on the court. Not that Drummond or Kuzma are bad, um, but and they got Lamarcus Aldridge. They've got Blake Griffin. These guys are going to be re- rejuvenated there. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I'm really looking forward, excuse me, to these playing games. If the Lakers are in it, we're going to get Zion in the playoffs. You know, I would love to see him in the playoffs, but at the expense of what team the Suns are rolling. Um, CP3 makes every team he goes to better. Book's having a fantastic year. DeAndre Ayton is playing very well. They've got depth there. They've got good coaching there. Um, they're, they're doing everything that I think we thought they would do. We were just like, oh, it's the Suns. They haven't been good since 2014. Denver made moves. They pick up Gordon. They're balling out. They're deep as fuck. Like, it's crazy how deep they are. The Clippers are just rolling along as well. Um, we're going to see how that goes. Ty Lue's doing a pretty good job there. They've been all quiet and all about their business. They probably could have added a, a piece. I know they got rid of Lou Williams. Um, you know, they got Rondo. Rondo's were Rondo's... Rondo's got to be that third guy for them that's got to run that team for the Clippers to, to have a chance at winning a title or even getting to the finals. But just making it to the Western Conference Finals, I know that's not Kawhi's goal, Paul George's goal, it's to win. But as an organization, they've never been there before. So just get there. That's where I thought you guys would at least get last year, and I wouldn't have been shocked if you lost. But you didn't even get that far. And you almost lost to a Luka-led team. And he's starting to figure it out. I mean, he's always figured out. But KP, the unicorn, he's looking healthy. That team's starting to look pretty good. So the West is going to be fun. The top portion of the East is going to be fun. Um, like I said, we, it's, we got spring sports. The UEFA Champions League is in their quarterfinals. Uh, we got some games coming up later this week as well. But I'll spare you those details. Um, I'll just keep that for me this, this week. Um, haven't really been watching... Um, as much soccer the last couple weeks, but I'm going to hop back on that as well. So we're full spring. We have spring sports on. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out to Gonzaga. You guys, uh, again, I mean, disappointed, I guess. But it, it, this just proves how hard it is to win in college basketball. So they went in. They got worked. Everyone thought. Is after the UCLA, I, I picked Baylor. I picked Baylor to win the whole thing. So, the the a really good team won. Uh, were they as talented as Gonzaga? Technically, maybe depth wise, yes. But like starting five, no. But I think after that UCLA game, and I'm telling you, because I didn't have, I didn't actually have Gonzaga making it to the to the final four. I had them getting booted in the Elite Eight. Um, but UCLA, after that UCLA game, it was like they can be beat. And that gave Baylor, in my opinion, the confidence to go into that game and just lay it on those dudes. And you want to give Gonzaga the benefit of a doubt just because they've beaten teams by 10-plus points in almost all their games this year. And I don't care what conference they play in because their out-of-conference schedule is so tough. It generally makes up for the Pacifics of the world that they play, and I guess the BYUs, who are actually pretty good. They don't have a shitty conference, just not the greatest conference, especially for a team like that, but they, they schedule really, really good teams. They beat Illinois this year. Um, you know, I had Baylor. I stuck with Baylor. Good for them. First title um, for for Larry Drew. Uh, I think that's his first name, Larry. I'll just Last name Drew. We'll just roll with that. 
But he went there with a mission years and years ago, and it's taken him a good 15, 20 years to build a program, but he's built a sustainable program, and it finally paid off. So congratulations to Baylor. Um, I still think COVID is one of the toughest eras or seasons you're going to ever play in um, because of the no fans, because of having to get up. So this is was a hard season for every team. But again, Baylor, they went through the tournament. They had their, they had their issues as well. They were one and two with Gonzaga every year. Some had them better than Gonzaga. I, I didn't. I, I thought they could beat Gonzaga, and I thought we'd have a good game. I didn't think it would be a blowout going Baylor's way. So again, congratulations to the Baylor men's Bears. Um, also, if you had a chance to watch the women's national title game with uh, Arizona and Stanford, that was a phenomenal game. Um, those girls gave the men something that they needed to come out and prove that they were better than. And they, you know, the, the women's national title game was much better. Um, obviously women's basketball is not for everyone. And it's not for people who don't like, if you, if, if you can, if you don't, if you like games where all you're seeing is dunking, women's basketball is not for you. And I don't watch a ton of women's basketball. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm fucking on Saturdays. Like I'm here watching the women's, um, basketball, MWNBA, but I will peek in every once in a while because honestly the quality of their uh, of the way they play is, is is the way basketball is intended to be played. Um, they move the ball around. It's, it's a team game. It's unselfish. Um, the only thing it's not is it's not above the rim, and that's where the men, that's where the excitement comes um, from the men. But shout out to the women. Your game was better. The championship was better. I don't even think your tournament was probably as good, if not better, and you're starting to see more parity in women's college basketball, which can only help <coughs> because for a long time, um, it's, you know, there's still your powerhouses in both men's and women's, but now it, generally you're feeling pretty good as a men's team nowadays because there's so much talent across the United States and there's so many schools who can take talent from different parts of the United States um, that have good programs. You, you don't necessarily need to be, Duke or Syracuse anymore, uh, or UCLA. Like UCLA hasn't been anything for the last ten years. Then and then they just balled out in this in this tournament, and, was, and that's great for college basketball. But um, it's 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 you want some depth in your sport, and it's the Baylor's and the Gonzagas and those teams who have built these really solid programs over the last 15, 20 plus years, to where it's giving these blue bloods type schools fits because they're going after one and dones. And a lot of these other schools, like, you know, like Gonzaga, aren't always going one and done. They might have a one and done kid, but he's surrounded by a bunch of uh, sophomores, juniors, and sometimes seniors who are going to go to the NBA or high level Euro League. So, like I said, congratulations to Baylor. Um, that's all I wanted to kind of touch on basketball wise this week. We touched a little bit on the MLB. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll holler at the uh, NFL real quick. Um, talk about the first round, um, do a little mock draft of that. Um, that's coming up in just a few weeks. I know I was going to do two a days. Um, there's just not enough time to do two, three, four teams, um, and the research that comes with it. And I just have not had time to burn someone with actually putting that together for me. So, um, I did do the chargers and I believe the Broncos, um, but what I'll do this week is I'll uh, we did a mock draft in a group that I am an admin in called Talking Sports Every Day. Good group of folks. It's a smaller group, but it's a it's a nice group. Um, and 
we did a, a mock draft. And so I'll just kind of run through that and um, kind of run through what I think happens in the first round. That's based on what we did, who I picked. We each took about three teams. So it was pretty interesting. So we'll, we'll do that when I come back. Um, I'll have the artist spotlight of the week. And then we'll get you out of here to enjoy uh, the rest of your Monday. Um, spring's around the corner for some of us. Spring's already here. I'm in Texas. It's already in the 90s. So we had a quick drink of water. And I'm going to cool down for a minute. And then we're going to jump into this last segment. This is Clearly Unclear. I am your host, Matt with one T, underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. This is Clearly Unclear. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt Zabrowski. You can hit me on Twitter at Matt with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Um, covered a little bit of the MLB, covered the NBA, covered Kyrie Irving. Um, some news that broke, not broke about him. Um, in lieu of everything that's happening in Minnesota, um, I don't know if this has any correlation to it, but Kyrie is converted to a Muslim, so these days off are to celebrate Ramadan, I believe. Now, I do not shit on anyone's religion. It is their choice. But there are other several uh, Muslims in the league that are fasting, which is what you do during Ramadan, and still playing. So, I'm sure there's Jewish kids in, um, and I could be wrong, I could not be Ramadan, and I apologize, but... um, there's probably Jewish basketball players that still play um, during 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 certain uh, holidays that they have, you know, specifically Hanukkah. I don't think there's a large Jewish contingent in the NBA, but I am simply just saying it's probably not much smaller than the Muslim contingent in the NBA. Although the Muslim contingent in the NBA is probably bigger, but not by much. I think you're seeing a lot more Christians and Catholics. A lot of these dudes play on God's holy day, if that's something you believe in. So, like, I, as much as I respect Kyrie Irving, his game, um, he's sort of shown over the last couple years that he's the blueprint for things that don't make sense when you want him to make sense, and he wants you to go all in on him, but he just doesn't go all in on you. Um, and that's just that, that's actually something I've heard reverberated around different chat boards and, and, and different people, um, you know, and opinions that I've, I've come across on the internet that I kind of respect, um, you know, putting things together. That is exactly what it is. Um, you know, you want it out of Cleveland perfect situation. Probably would have won another chip if he decided to stay there. You know, I, they they could have won another chip because I think LeBron would have stayed. He'd still have Kyrie. Probably would have moved off Love. They would have reconstructed that whole team because you then proved that you can win in Cleveland. Now, um, I'm going to get to football here in a minute, but I, I just, again, I'm going to go back to it's great. You guys can score a lot of points as the Nets, but Cohesiveness matters, and I will point back to the Clippers last year. And they were, depth-wise, as a team, as a total team, better than the Nets. Not as top-heavy. Although you add Kawhi's one of the best players in the world, as is PG-13, a top-10 player. So you're, you're talking about these are like three of the top 10 or 15 players in the league. But depth-wise, the Clippers were better, so... 
and they didn't win. They got they got booted by a team in Denver, by the way, and a team in Denver that, and it's great because this is what Denver's been doing. Denver has been building their franchise, and they've been going through step by step. This is how you win in the NBA, unless you can get a LeBron James and an AD and put the right pieces around them. Um, that's hard to do, and, and and they did it. But Denver has been built from the bottom up, and they prove that cohesiveness and being a team can get you far. They knocked out the Clippers. But Jamal Murray's now out for the season. I a lot of people I see on ESPN or any of these news outlets saying that Denver's going to make the play- playoffs, but they'll get bounced. But it's like they have so much depth still. Um, Aaron Gordon, they've been great when Aaron since Aaron Gordon's got there. Michael Porter, Michael Porter's going to have to step up. And um, for the backup for Denver, his last name I think is Craig, and he's pretty serviceable. He's not going to light it up for fifty five, you know, when you need it sometimes. But they put Joker at the point, and just kind of what they kind of did last year in the playoffs, and just worked from there. They have a ton of talent, ton of cohesiveness. Um, you know, without Murray, I don't think they can go and win an NBA Finals, but they can certainly get to a second round, maybe sneak back into a Western Conference Finals. But um, I was just breaking that that news with Kyrie. These are why he's taking the days off. Again, it's your religion, bro, but you're also getting paid. And a, a lot of your other uh, co-workers or people in the NBA are also the same religion as you, and they're fasting, and they're definitely not just getting to take days off. And who knows? The Nets could have said no, but I'm moving off Kyrie if I'm the Nets this year. I'm finding someone that... To, to take him um, and just to build around um, KD and um, James Harden and kind of rule the East for the next couple years. You can trade Kyrie and get some depth. I don't know where Kyrie goes or where there's room for him, um, but Kyrie, it's the trajectory of, and it's, he's, and I've, I said this before, mm-hmm. and you can look at the numbers. He's Stefan Marbury with a chip, and he's going to find his ass in China soon. And not that Stefan Marbury was. They, they were doing some similar stuff, but it, it, not similar stuff. They were acting a similar way, but for different reasons. You know, Starberry was just a goofball. Kyrie takes himself way too seriously. Uh, they both think that they're the number one dude. They're not the number one dude, and they found that out. Um, when they found that out, they wanted to leave. You know, at least Kyrie left with the chip. But, um, well, wishes to Kyrie. I just... I'm going to do a whole thing on the Lakers, and I'm going to do a whole thing on some... Um, on, on general fans um, next week. Um, been talking about doing a dual podcast with P. Scott Sports Talk, Prescott Kelly. We've got some stuff that we're formulating. I think so far uh, we're looking at some Julian Edelman talk in the Hall of Fame, and um, that'll lead us into the football. Uh, LeBron James, AD, and how the Lakers were going to fall apart and not, not make the playoffs. And here we are 30 days later, and those same folks who – See, they're not making the playoffs or now out here saying, well, Jamal Murray's hurt. Lakers are getting lucky. Same people are like, well, Drummond's not a bum, but before they waxed Brooklyn on Saturday, Andre Drummond was a bum. Um, so I just will address that, I'm sure. Um, and we're just coming up with some, some, some topics that we want to talk about. We'll probably definitely talk football. He's a Bills fan. I'm a Browns fan. I think that's where our jadedness comes from, where we're kind of, we can be objective um, and have some objectivity and look outside the box because we're not used to our teams doing great all the time. I was lucky. I had, not I, but 
as a Cavs fan for my whole life, the Cavs stunk, and then LeBron James got there. And so, like, I appreciate the 10-plus years. I don't even care that he left. He came back, won a title. Even if he had never come back and won a title, even if he came back and didn't win a title, or if he never came back, um, the 10 years he spent in Cleveland got the Cavaliers to a title game. Like, that. that's the best 10 years of basketball I'll ever watch as far as being a Cavs fan, so I was appreciative of it. Uh, but let's move into the football. Let's move into the NFL. What I was talking about before the break, we'll make this real quick, um, hopefully. <laughs> um, we did a uh, a mock draft, and it was in my sports group, Talking Sports Every Day, holler at us on Facebook. Um, but right now, I'm just going to go through the first two rounds real quick, and this is how we had it set up. And mind you, this was before the 49ers made their trade. Um, this is before, you know, their, uh, the Dolphins maybe trading up to grab um, Pittman out of Florida. Um, this is before the Eagles moved up. This is kind of just uh, on its face what it was, um, but I'll talk talk through that. So definitely, I think Chalk, a lot of people have T-Law from Clemson as your overall number one. I don't see how anyone else picks him. Um, Zach Wilson to the Jets just seems like a, a, a better fit than Fields. I, I we got we had Jamar Chase number three to the Falcons, and we're not doing any trades. And so in this one, we had Justin Fields going to the Falcons. Although I don't believe Justin Fields or the Falcons are a good fit. I don't think the Falcons need a quarterback. They still have five good years in Matt Ryan. They have so many holes to fill. What would be the point of drafting a Justin Fields or Trey Lance that high? Um, Bengals select Caleb Farley. We have the Eagles selecting Kyle Pitts, although I think that's going to be the Dolphins now, the way things are, are, are have, have, have worked out, or the rumors that are coming out as far as what the Dolphins want to do. Um, we had the Lions pick Trey Lance. We, all, we each had three teams. I had the Panthers. I had uh, the Browns, of course, and then I also had the Chiefs. So um, my first pick, somehow Panay Sewell uh, ended up as a Panther. And this was, I picked this before Darnold went there. And so I thought, no, this is an even better pick than it, than now, than it would have been if Bridgewater was there, which he still is. He's going to probably be a backup or get released. But I think him dropping to the Panthers, they don't, they don't need to pick a Justin Fields. And there's been things floating around if he lands at that spot. I think they're eight that they just pick, you know, Justin Fields, if that's who they feel is best moving forward, even though they just, they, they spent some draft picks and some capital on Sam Darnold, not going to lie. But the kid's only 23 years old, and he's been in New York around Adam Gase, and we've seen what happens when you don't have Adam Gase in your life. Um, it's fantastic from a production standpoint. And so, you know, if anything, this will salvage his career. I think he's going to do well, and I think this is just a, a, just a first. It, it makes the most sense. This To me, it makes the most sense. Um, then we had um, the, uh, the Broncos... Uh, picking Micah Parsons, Cowboys with Rashawn Slater, which is a nice pick. Shores up the offensive line. Slater's a stud. Him and uh, Sewell will be one and two uh, dudes off the board at that position. Uh, we had uh, Quiddy Pay uh, from Clemson to the Giants. We had Patrick Sertain go to the 49ers. The Chargers picked Jackson Carmon. The Vikings, uh, Gregory Rousset. And then Patriots with Jalen Waddle. That would be interesting. Um, that would be a piece. Cardinals snag J.C. Horn. Raiders 
Trevor Morig. He's going to be pretty good. I like that pick. The Dolphins uh, select Aziz Ajilari. Um The Washington football team uh, would pick Samuel Cosme. Again, this is just a um, – there, there's like six or seven of us, maybe eight of us. Yeah, eight, eight or eight, nine, seven, something like that, eight, nine of us, and we each had three teams. Maybe some people had four, but um, this is just how we went. We went one pick after the other and, you know, where we had our teams to where we made our picks. So um, we're moving on to the Bears uh, with Rashad Bateman. The Colts somehow end up with Devonta Smith. He, draw, he fell huge um, in this mock draft, whereas I think – I think – a guy like Quiddy Page might be Quiddy Pay might be a little too high for the Giants. Um, I could see Devonta Smith um, ending up anywhere in the top twenty-five, depending on how things shake out. Kyle Pitts, I've heard um, they're enamored by him in Dallas, um, even though they need to work on defense. I can see uh, that dumpster fire of an organization picking um, a position of no need, even though he's a stud. I, I do, uh, we had um, the Titans get Christian Barrymore, great pick. Jets pick Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, Ryan, uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but um, the gentleman who picked him is actually a big Jets fan. So he's definitely done his research. I love this pick by the Steelers, although I don't think the Steelers are going to go round one running back. But Travis Etienne, I think they, they're going to be looking more to um, replace Bud Dupree. Jaguars would pick Christian Garrisaw. I had the Browns picking Jalen Phillips, although I think from what I'm reading, the Steelers are looking at him. Um, so as far as what the Browns are doing, there's this kid. God, he's, uh, he's the second best dude on the board of that position. I fucking forget his name. He plays at Oklahoma. Um, I wouldn't mind him there. It doesn't look like anyone picked him in the first round in our mock draft. And then we had Jalen Mayfield going to... The Ravens, the Saints with Greg Newsom, Packers Elijah Molden, Bills with some dude I can't whose name I can't pronounce, uh, Davion. Ah, sorry, he must be a defensive player. I apologize to the Bills, um, and then the Chiefs. I I picked for the Chiefs, um, Landon Dickerson um, out of Bama, and that would shore up round one. And then rolling into round two, Jaguars got Terrence Marshall, um, Jets pick up Jeremiah Koromoa. The Falcons select Kevin Jenkins. Dolphins, Najee Harris. Another really good pick for the Dolphins. I think they're going all out on that offensive side. So um, Eagles with Dylan Radnews. 2-2 Otwell goes to the Bengals. As far as um, the Panthers are concerned, I, I threw Tyson Campbell their way there. In my opinion, you're shoring up your defense. You, you got your quarterback now. You got your running back. You have wide receivers. You got, you got your, your, your stud tackle who's going to protect Darnold's left side, um, his blind side. Uh, and Penny Sewell, so now you go out and you start picking dudes that can help in that secondary because, yeah, pass rushers are great, and you got some pass rushing because you, you drafted pretty decently that way last year. Now you need guys who can actually stop the ball. You guys can score points, but you guys need to play defense. So what's crazy here, well, Jabril Cox to the Lions would be a good pick. And then um, we had the Broncos with Joseph Osai. Um, a lot of – a lot of uh, – Giants with Jason Owa. 49ers with Alex Leatherwood. That's a good pick. Cowboys with Carlos Bashman. Jaguars somehow end up with Asante Samuel Jr. Um, if they end up with him as their third pick, which would be their... It, they'd have two picks in the second round. That would be fucking wild. Um, we had the Patriots taking a quarterback late in Kyle Trask. 
and I had that. I'm sorry. At the end of the and at the end of the first round, um, the Buccaneers. I I apologize. Uh, had uh, we had Mac Jones going to the Buccaneers to sit behind Tom Brady, and it looks like he might shoot up to the third. Um, but it, I've grown on him. I don't know if I'm San Francisco. I'm going with a guy who can run that offense. To me, that's going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. But um, Justin Fields can come in, sit behind Garoppolo. To me, if you're drafting. Mac Jones, you're basically just drafting a dude whose ceiling is Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't know if you're just you want a dude who's not injured all the time, or you think he can take it to the next level. But that's who you're drafting. You're drafting a guy whose ceiling is Jimmy Garoppolo to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and maybe you see something different that we all don't. But Mac <coughs> Mac Jones is going to go pretty high. So let's see where were we at? We had. So Kyle Trask to the Patriots, charges with Rondell Moore. Um, they had a good offseason, by the way. Um, Corey Lindsley, huge pickup, one of their biggest pickups in a long time. Raiders select Liam Iceberg. Kadarius Tony goes to the Cardinals. Creed Humphrey to the Dolphins. Um, Elijah Moore ends up uh, on the Washington football team. I like this pick. The Bears, Kellen Mond. This kid does nothing bad. He doesn't do anything great. He just does everything above average, um, and he's a great teammate. Uh, if you watch him at Texas A&M grow over the last few years, um, he's he's jumped the boards as, as, as fast as like Zach Wilson has, but Mond wasn't, I don't think, as highly touted as Zach Wilson. I could be wrong, uh, but Mond struggled his first year, and, and then Jumbo Fisher got there and really turned him into a really good quarterback. It would be a great year for him to sit behind Andy Dalton. Um to learn, uh, maybe even grab a backup that kid should not see the field. That would be a great second round pick. Andy Dalton was a second round pick, uh, and so I think he can teach a lot to this kid on how to be a professional. Titans, we had um, Marcus Stevenson, Decolt with Levi, um, Osrazeki, Steelers, Walker Little, um, and so it was a very interesting, very very interesting um, draft that we did, and then. We'll finish this up with the Rams, Amari Rogers, Ravens, Ronnie Perkins. As the Browns, I picked Taylor Noah Huafunga um, out of USC. He, he, he's a stud. I like him. Um, I'm just short up defensive depth for the Browns. Saints, Nick Bolton, Bills, Michael Carter, Packers, Quinns, Morins, Chiefs, Tylon Wallace, and lastly, the Bucks in the second round that last pick we had them uh, picking Wyatt Davis so uh, that kind of rounds out we did two rounds I'm glad we didn't do four we were going to try to do three but I think two rounds was good and kind of that's where we were at before San Francisco moved around and, and all these different things started to happen so um, that kind of tidies up where you know I want to just kind of do a small little mock draft and I thought oh, you know what I'm just going to use my resources and a lot of these dudes know their football um, obviously we were drafting a lot of us we're drafting uh, our own team at one point, um, so I thought there's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of people made some good picks um, to uh, address maybe positions of need. For instance, for me, like a Browns fan, um, you you need uh, another pass rusher. Uh, I'm not a Panthers fan, but they needed protection on the left hand side. They needed um, a, a guy who can uh, it, who can defend on defense, and so. Positions of need. I'm not. All, I want to take the best player on the board if possible, um, unless I need a quarterback. Quarterbacks and wide receivers hit the least out of almost every position in the draft, especially wide receivers. I don't think they hit. It's even they hit at a lower rate than quarterbacks. But 
a little draft preview because the draft is coming up. That's our uh, that's that's the mock draft we did on Talking Sports every day. Um, there's about uh, like I said, eight of us, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I hope you and uh, you know enjoyed our picks and. You can kind of match them up. But again, just remember, we didn't go back and redraft after uh, the San Francisco trade and some of the moves that Philly made to move up. Um, we do believe that, you know, a quarterback is going to be taken at three by San Francisco. So um, I think the Dolphins are going to try to get um, the kid, the tight end out of, the freakish tight end out of um, Florida. That kid's fucking fantastic. And then it's a deep draft this year, I think. And, and there's a lot of good running backs that are going to go late too. Uh, that's why I, I just don't see Travis editing now going to Pittsburgh when I think he's going to be there in the second round, but someone's going to get a steal out of him. He's going to be a, he's going to be a, a pro day one. He's going to help teams out. So I'm going to sum this up real quick. Artist spotlight of the week is a band called Tool. If you haven't heard of them, go listen to them. They've been around since the late '80s. They put out multiple albums. Um, everything I uh, there's not one thing that I don't like that they've ever done. Their albums are pretty transformative. They tell a story. Um, each album stands alone by itself. But if you're looking for, like, my favorite songs, like Stink Fist and uh, Sober, The Pot, Jim um, um, Bai, which is some of their new stuff. Um, um, I, I've only listened to their new album, like, once through because I don't actually actively get on the road anymore. So I'm home working a lot, and then COVID's almost over. Um, so I'll be back in the actual gym as opposed to this rinky home home gym. But... Um, I know we've all are ready to get back to some normalcy, so check out Tool. Um, if you like Tool, you can check out um, Maynard. He's the lead singer. Also, guys, the wonderful drummers. Um, some of the shit that they do with drums and like drum beats is fucking phenomenal. Um, I would check them out. They their songs are long, but music musically, they're just they're fantastic. So check out Tool. We talked uh, the first ten days of the MLB. We talked um, the Lakers, we talked Kyrie Irving, we talked the, the Nets, kind of compared them to what's going on with the Clippers last year and how it's important to be cohesive. Ran down a mock draft that we did in Talking Sports Every Day, which is a, a, a sports group on Facebook. Check us out. Like I said, um, good group of folks over there. Um, but I thought instead of um, you know just doing my own mock draft, I would take something that we all did together uh, with some of our members, some of our admins, um, went through two rounds, and um, it was actually a lot of fun, and it was a fun activity. So uh, with that being said, like I said, Artist Spotlight, Spotlight of the Week, blah, blah, is Tool. Excuse me, I can't talk today. And check them out, Spotify, you know, any other music outlet you can, Pandora, Apple Music. Uh, look out for another pod next week, um, possibly a single standalone on my own. And then, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm jumping into uh, collaborating with somebody. Um, check out their podcast. Again, I, I, I've thrown it out there. P. Scott Sports Talk. Uh, do got some good takes. Taco Bell, definitely got to check out that episode. And then pretty much anything that he talks football-wise is fantastic. Um, in general, just a, a, a good sports mind. And so I'm looking forward to working with that dude. And so uh, with that being said, uh, this is clearly unclear. I hope you enjoyed our episode. We'll be back next week uh, with with some new um, material. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm Matt with one T underscore Z E B R O W S K I. This is clearly unclear, and I'm out.
Oh, and one last thing. Um, I'm recording this last piece on um, Tuesday, April 13th, which is the five-year anniversary, I believe, to the day uh, where we last saw Kobe Bryant play basketball. Um, Mamba out, dropped his mic, dropped 60 points. Um, it was the same night, by the way, and this will tell you how big Kobe was to the NBA. Um, it was, I believe it was the same night that the Warriors were looking to break the Bulls' single-season win record. Um, and Kobe Bryant, I chose to watch that because we'll never see him. We would, we were never going to see him play basketball again. Um, 60 points. Kobe, rest in peace, my friend. Um, I'm, there's a lot of people that miss watching you play basketball. And obviously, you've got family that definitely misses you and wish you and your daughter um, and everyone who uh, passed away a little over a year ago were still with us. But you're in our hearts. You're in our memory. Um, if you're a sports fan, uh, you love watching Kobe Bryant because he was the ultimate competitor. So um, find an ESPN Classics, if that's still on TV, a YouTube, and go back and watch the highlights from that game. That's for that dude to do that. And his last night, it was a typical Kobe thing to do. So uh, hats off to Kobe. I just wanted to say that um, this is clearly unclear. Have a good one, y'all.